Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Jim, I'm just shaking today. I mean, I I don't know about you. Did you get your lottery ticket yesterday? I did not. Did somebody win? Yeah, well. Wait a yeah, second. I, I didn't check it, but I did get my ticket. Yes. Okay. I, well, yeah. Well, uh, somebody out in California won the, won, won the billion dollars. Oh, that's not fair. But 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 I'm looking at my numbers right here and uh-huh. and not a dang one came in. <laughs> well, you know, you I, I buy yeah. it. I buy it for the dream. Really, I know that when I buy the ticket, for the most part, it's um, it's not going to be a winner. I also know that in Pennsylvania, the funds go to uh, uh, help support uh, things for senior citizens, and I figure, well, I'm kind of getting it back. In the long run, oh, you know, well, you got to be careful though about uh, supporting senior citizens because uh-huh. that money could be diverted. Like Illinois Governor, uh, uh, he diverted uh, rental assistance funds uh, meant for citizens. Uh, he uh, anyway, he took it and uh, is giving it now to uh, the homeless crisis there. Do you know what's uh, amazing, Bill? They, Im- immigrants, yeah. The, these winners always seem to be in California. I mean, they always seem to be on the other side of the continent. They don't seem to be like right down the road. <laughs> You know, oh, no, no, no. I have you. Yeah. Does anybody ever know? Well, actually, I did down in West Virginia. There was somebody that won a lottery down there. And really? Like, yeah. I got something like 18 million dollars. And uh, uh, they had they had a big party at their house. Oh, bet. a year later, they were broke. They were they were worse off uh, a year later than they were before they won. Well, it. I would imagine there are a lot of people like that. I think I read a story once where a, a lot of lottery winners end up uh, spending the whole thing. What happens is they give a lot of it away to family and friends, mm. and they overextend themselves. They buy things they shouldn't buy that they really can't afford. Or and, they keep promises that they, you know, inadvertently made. Yeah, if I ever get rich, I'm going to give you and you and you and you and you <laughs> yeah. all this money. And then they yeah. do that, and you and you and you and you seem to do okay with the money yeah. that they gave you, but uh, yep. because... They gave it away. I shouldn't have given away all that money. Yeah, I guess not. But uh, you're not getting well. It somebody back. out in uh, California is worth one point five billion dollars right now, and they weren't yesterday. Wow. Yeah, but you know what? What you'd probably take five hundred thousand. Well, out in California, you probably take half of that and just give it to the state. I think it was one point seven, wasn't it, Bill? One point seven mm-hmm. yesterday. Now you realize that when you have a ticket, you can't. You can only cash it in in the state you bought it. Let's say you bought yeah. a ticket in Pennsylvania, yeah, and yeah. travel up to Massachusetts. Uh, Mass- yeah, yeah. You know, they'll look at that ticket and go, what the hell is this? Well, I got the winning <laughs> numbers. Uh, not in this state, uh, you, you don't have them. You got to take it back yeah. down, which I would I'd be I'd, flying I, down. I would, I would have no problem with that. Take yeah. a, a nice leisurely drive down to a PA to cash in a. Uh, a billion dollar payday. <laughs> yeah, but you know, if you identify yourself as a person with that ticket, do you know? Uh, they'll be saying, uh, uh, "Jim Harrington is driving down now," and oh, uh, I know he's yeah, he's got a he's driving a Lincoln, and uh, it's this color, <laughs> and uh, here's the plate number. You know, actually, in all honesty, I wouldn't tell anybody. I'd just do it. You know, um, <laughs> but I, I hate. Good health, and may that person spend that money wisely. Hey, good for them. They yep. got it. You know, everybody, you know, they're, they're proof that a dream can come true. I wonder if I want a second place, you know, or a third place. I mean, each second place would be a million, right? That's not a bad deal. I mean, it's a long way from 
$1.75 billion, but uh, hey, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> yeah, you know, just in time. Well, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. Boy, talk about a turkey on your table. You, you know, know, when uh, you told me that, Bill, when you just mentioned that there was a winner, seriously, in yeah, my yeah. in my mind, I I saw dollar bills with wings flying out the window. <laughs> I was waving goodbye to that dream. Oh yes. Uh, well, well, that's kind of like your money anyway. I mean, in this economy, it 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 you know, money can fly right out yeah. of my hand, right out the window. That's well, that's you the know, Bidenomics there for you. But there are things in this uh, world that we're living in that are far more serious than a lottery winning because uh, uh, we are on the very edge, I believe, of of a war and a war that we're involved we're involved with. Um, you've heard about what's going on in the Middle East. Uh, there's a guy who is uh, the former leader and founding member of Hamas. His name is Khalid Mashel. Mm-hmm. And on Tuesday, he called for a global Muslim uprising in support of Palestine on Friday. That's the 13th. That's tomorrow. He emphasized the need for Muslims to sacrifice and carry jihad, including the willingness to offer their blood and souls to advance the Palestinian cause. I mean... Well, that's not just for there. That's worldwide. That's that's here. That's globally. And uh, he went on, and in, in his more extended uh, conversation, he was talking about uh, specifically attacks in the United States, Canada, uh, Great Britain, the West. And uh, you can't help but look at the border right now. They had a videotape uh, last night on one of the cable talk shows of a, a bunch of people waiting at the Rio Grande to get in to the U.S. If there were... 10,000 people there, uh, that would be a modest uh, figure. Maybe there were 15,000 people. 90% of them were military-age single men. And you got to ask yourself, why are military-age single men, no families, no kids, coming by themselves into this country? What's the plan? Well, there's something going on. And I mean, look. It's now, we're, we're now known 3.8 million illegals have crossed the border, more than the population of 22 states, which, you know, they're representing 10% of the American population now mm-hmm. is illegal. So we can make a prediction from that. You know, we could, because they're giving them driver's licenses and voting cards without having to do anything. So I can safely predict that next year, Joe Biden, if he's the nominee for the for the Democrats, will win the presidential election or any Democrat that they they could put, uh, you know, they could put any numbskull in and win because. Well, they've now I I don't think uh, it's going to be quite that easy. I was just reading an article that 50 percent of Democrats polled by Rasmussen in the most recent poll said that they were. Uh, going to vote for Trump? Think well, about that's that. Well, that's a good thing, and, and, and they should. But then they need to, what they need to do right now is go like going to church. It's a come-to-Jesus moment. Make a confession uh, that you know that that election was most likely, I'm not saying that it was stolen, I'm saying most likely stolen and should 
be investigated thoroughly. Pull up all the records. If you can't pull up the records, they, the other side needs to show cause. Why I got a cut from done. Steve Bannon, and he uh, doesn't pull any punches. He says it's unequivocally a stolen election in 2020. Oh, I, I, I believe that, too. Uh, but we, I, I believe it. You know. we, we need to show it. The deep, state, the deep state didn't want Trump to have a second term. It's as simple as that. And you say a deep yeah. state, well, a conspiracy. No, there is a deep state. And if you don't realize there is a deep state, you're not paying attention. You're blind. Um, I want to play something for you. President right. Trump was at the U.N. six years ago. And mind you, when he's speaking at the U.N. six years ago, you have the Iranian delegate sitting in his, in his seat. You have the uh, UAE uh, delegate. You have all of the delegates from these problem countries sitting in their seats watching him give the speech. And he doesn't pull any punches. This was six years ago, President Trump. The Iranian government masks a corrupt dictatorship behind the false guise of a democracy. It has turned a wealthy country with a rich history and culture into an economically depleted rogue state whose chief exports are violence, bloodshed, and chaos. The longest suffering victims of Iran's leaders are in fact its own people. Rather than use its resources to improve Iranian lives, its oil profits go to fund Hezbollah and other terrorists that kill innocent Muslims and attack their peaceful Arab and Israeli neighbors. This wealth, which rightly belongs to Iran's people, also goes to shore up Bashar al-Assad's dictatorship, fuel Yemen's civil war, and undermine peace throughout the entire Middle East. We cannot let a murderous regime continue these destabilizing activities while building dangerous missiles, and we cannot abide by an agreement if it provides cover for the eventual construction of a nuclear program. The Iran deal was one of the worst and most one-sided transactions the United States has ever entered into. Frankly, that deal is an embarrassment to the United States, and I don't think you've heard the last of it, believe me. It is time for the entire world to join us in demanding that Iran's government end its pursuit of death and destruction. It is time for the regime to free all Americans and citizens of other nations that they have unjustly detained. And above all, Iran's government must stop supporting terrorists, begin serving its own people, and respect the sovereign rights of its neighbors. The entire world understands that the good people of Iran want change. and. Other than the vast military power of the United States, that Iran's people are what their leaders fear the most. President Trump at the U.N. six years ago, 
mm-hmm. and he was right on the money. Now, two months ago, just two months ago, he said this. Crooked Joe Biden just agreed to pay a $6 billion ransom to the Iranian dictatorship in exchange for hostages. This is yet another Biden surrender and a further blistering humiliation of the United States of America to the world stage. But even worse, this decision will be extremely deadly. Biden is giving $6 billion to the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism. Just as when Obama sent the Iranian regime pallets of cash for hostages in the dark of night, remember, plane loads of cash, Biden's ransom payment will be immediately used to stoke violence, bloodshed, and mayhem throughout the Middle East and all around the world, costing countless innocent lives. It's also guaranteed that the fanatical Iranian regime will use this money to advance their nuclear weapons program, putting Israel, the United States, and the entire world in very grave peril. They are reportedly just weeks away from a nuclear bomb, something which would have never happened under the Trump administration. Tragically, Biden's ransom payments also make it dramatically more likely that even more Americans will be held captive in the future because Biden has shown that he will pay gargantuan sums of money, meaning the kidnappers turn a massive profit. They're making money hand over fist. In other words, Biden has put a bounty on the head of every American citizen abroad. Under my leadership, we brought home more than 50 hostages from all over the world, and we never paid ransom money to do it, not at all. We did it with diplomacy, and we did it through strength. (laughs) And we will do it again when we are reelected as president of the United States. Our country is failing. We are a failing nation. We will turn it around and we will make America great again. Thank you. You know, President Trump doesn't pull any punches. I've been trying to find um, somebody emailed me an email, I guess a post that he put on Twitter or Mm -hmm. Truth Social to to the Ayatollah in Iran after the attack took place and and really? it was all it was all in capitals, which means he was saying it boldly, right? Right. And I have to paraphrase it because I haven't got it in front of me, but it was like, you know, you had better rethink your position on funding terrorism in the you know in the free world because you will face the might of the. And he was doing what Biden should have done. Well, but they're talking. But Biden was sleeping. Yeah, well, yeah, but he's got to go take a nappy time, you know? Yeah. But uh, it's it's amazing how they're taking this story and saying, well, you know, Biden's such a great leader. Yeah. And 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 I take offense to that because, yeah, and these are the Democrats doing, they're trying to build this guy up and say, oh, what a great leader is, you know, he's got the stature and the history. And I'm like going, you lion sacks of Jewija, because <laughs> from day one when he first got into politics, he was the class clown. He was the idiot. He was in, and they said it, you know, oh, that he yeah. was a liar. What, he was what, a did, what did uh, was, Obama say? Obama said, uh, you want to F things up? Uh, get Joe. Get Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and, and that's always been the narrative of the democratic party that they got an idiot amongst them. And his name is Joe Biden. And now that idiot, well, you know, Nancy Pelosi singing his praise. Well, we got this guy that's got all of this and this and this and this and this. And I'm going, Sir, you're lying. You know, she's selling us a junk used car, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and talking about how great it was, you know, or is. And, uh, Joe, you can't change what he is. 
he's a liar, he's a thief, he's a cheat, and that's all. That's all he is. But so, then Bill, again, so is she. Let's talk about what we think is going to happen in the. I think in the next few days and weeks in our country. I mean, I do think we have sleeper cells here. I yeah, think and they that, could go off starting tomorrow or, yeah. heck, starting today because they may not have a calendar. They might think today is Friday the 13th. But, you know, if you got the Muslims, which they go by a different, you know, they're hours ahead of us. So whenever the, the, the sure. clock strikes midnight. Se- they're seven hours ahead of us, Bill, we're in the Middle so East. That that technically means that somewhere around three o'clock this afternoon, uh, would that be right? No, well, that'll be ten five. o'clock their time. So like like five, five o'clock. o'clock, right? Exactly. Yeah, five o'clock our time today, East Coast. You could see things start to light up because they're mm-hmm. gonna, you know, what are their watches set to? You, you know, know, I was that- watching um, the ABC News program twenty twenty was on last night. They did a special on the Middle East and what's happening with this war. And it was, you know, like, like most big networks, they have all the resources. So mm-hmm. it was a really good documentary till they got to the very end. There was one segment by one of the reporters who was their chief foreign correspondent, and they started to equivocate. Mind you, for the whole, the first 50 minutes, they were talking about the tragedy uh, and the horror of what happened over you know, in uh, the Gaza area. But then this one guy came on at the end. It was almost like the mandatory, well, we have to, we have to soften it a bit. So this guy came on from uh, Israel, and he was talking about uh, how they had lost the, the Israeli you know, residents in, in these hor- horrific attacks, but they also were losing Palestinian women and children in the bombing. They started to... to uh, you know, it, um, it was like saying they were both equal. You know, one is the victim of a war situation where they literally have told the Palestinians, if you are not Hamas, then get out of Palestine. Go to Egypt, go to anywhere, but get out of Palestine because within the next few days, we're going to wreak havoc and rain down hell on uh, that country. So mm. leave. They've said this. The Israelis have warned the citizens to get out. They have put it on social media. They have put it on flyers. They have put it in newspapers. They have put it all over the place so that they know that this is going to happen. Leave. The Hamas terrorists didn't give anybody warning. They flew in while they were having the Israelis were at a dance party and having a good time and 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 they were. They were hoping for peace. That's what the whole dance party was about. It was a musical event to support peace in the region. And they went in and slaughtered these innocent people. Babies Mm -hmm. who were in their cribs were decapitated. Uh, They would throw hand grenades into the homes of people who just were waking up because it was only 6 o'clock in the morning when some of them were being attacked. I mean, this is... uh, Anyway, I was just saying that this this ABC report, uh, they they started to soften it, and you know they're going to go there. You know that they're going to, as the days and weeks progress, they're going to start to villainize the Israelis for their war effort. 
you know, all these innocent Palestinians are dying because of the massive Israeli effort uh, to uh, rout out uh, Hamas. Yeah, but they're they're announcing, they're telling you what they're going to do. They're very open about it. Hamas, you know, they might like to think that they're mighty and brave. They're wusses, they're cowards. Cowards hide behind masks. Cowards like to sit there and pray on the unprotected and the innocent. Like the concert, going there was a cowardly move. That is a cowardly thing to do. And in, you know, you know, to put it to them bluntly, you know, whoever they call God and worship, in His eyes, they're wusses. Well, they all they do they, they do all of this death and and destruction, and they always seem to do it while they're praising God. And, well, and I don't I don't see maybe I'm maybe I'm just uh, uh, uninformed, but uh, I always thought God was uh, uh, more just and uh, understanding and loving God and uh, wouldn't think much of slaughtering babies. Um, no, he wouldn't I don't know whether you, at all. I don't know whether you've been to uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, it's a Never been to Wisconsin. It, I've been all over these years. Wisconsin is a glorious state, beautiful state. I, it's a little cold in the wintertime, but uh, that's what God invented, snowmobiles. And if you think I'm kidding, when I lived in Wisconsin— uh, literally in the middle of uh, the wintertime, uh, you would have people riding up and down your street on snowmobiles because the roads weren't plowed because it snowed all the time. But it's a, it's a beautiful state. Madison is a, is a pretty uh, town. It's the mm -hmm. place where the University of Wisconsin is, and uh, it's also the capital of Wisconsin, well, you would think in this all-American area, you wouldn't be hearing this chant. Glory to the martyrs! Glory to the martyrs! Do you know what you say when we say, we will liberate the land! There you go. We will liberate the land by any means necessary. We will liberate the land! Did you hear what they were screaming at the beginning of that audio? Glory to the martyrs. No, glory to the murderers. Oh, because in the on the news copy here it says martyrs. I'll play it again. It, I, what I have says glory to the murderers. Listen carefully. Right. Glory to the martyrs. Glory to the murderers. Do you know what you say when we say we will liberate the land? There you go. We will liberate the land by any means necessary. We will. Understand something. There are very few Muslim martyrs uh, in this situation. Yes, some died, no. you know, but uh, it was glory to the murderers on my copy, and that's why it yeah. stood out. I thought, my God, glory to well, the murderers. Well, either way, it's bad. Yeah, it sounds like they're saying glory to the murderers. I was looking at Gateway Pundit, so that could be a typo on their part, too. Mm -hmm. And you know? um, I, I just I listened to that, and I thought, this is the Midwest. This is the heart of... Wisconsin, you know, a uh, beautiful agricultural state, all-American, great football team at the University of Wisconsin, uh, and you have this being chanted. If that's happening in Wisconsin, it's got to be happening all over the place. All over the place. You know, uh, look at it. happened Harvard University. We were talking about it just before uh, we went on the air about how mm -hmm. Harvard finally, after like two days— 
uh, came out and distanced themselves from the uh, 30 student organizations that were showing their support for Hamas. Um, Anyway, it is is a treacherous, dangerous time we're living in. Well, you know, they they put out the call. So tomorrow, you know, I would be on my P's and Q's. I would mind them, and, uh, you know, you might want to make sure that... uh, uh, your clip for your uh, the magazine of your gun is uh, at least loaded. You don't have to put it in there, but be ready because you may have to defend your domicile because if they start acting up these cells, might be a good day just to uh, not do a whole lot tomorrow. Do you know when I was amazed at, Bill? Apparently, over the course of the last uh, 20 years, Israel had toughened significantly their gun laws. So it was hard for Israeli citizens to have guns. Think about this for a second. If, if many of these people who died a few days ago had, had weapons in their houses, they may have been uh, less attractive uh, targets for these terrorists. But these mm-hmm. terrorists had to know that most of these people are unarmed. And what states have the strictest gun laws in this in this country? That's probably where you're going to have all hell break loose. Yeah. But, you know, I, 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 I still think, though, in the United States, you know, we might tell, ah, oh, gun control, you know, all this stuff and do that. But I still think even, even in, uh, I'm still up in Massachusetts and even here, where they got strict laws, I got to believe that people are going, hell, I'm still going to have my gun, you know, it may not be registered or whatever. Because that's part of the fundamental rights of, of Americans mm-hmm. that you're allowed to own guns. Yeah, there are people that want to take it away, but there are states, states, California. You know, I mean, you could go out there and wreak havoc on it because you know they they basically strip people of their guns. Yeah. Well, I I think that and Biden wants to, by the way, take your guns. He's working mm-hmm. uh, tirelessly to make it so that you can't have weapons. At your disposal, uh, they talk. They call them assault weapons. I mean, Joe says maybe it's okay if you have like uh, a double barrel shotgun or something, but but uh, an assault weapon, you know, mm-hmm. he's and he calls AR-15 semi-automatics assault weapons. I always thought that an assault weapon was an automatic, like an M an M16 or well, an M4. Handguns are automatics then too because they're semi-automatic. Absolutely. If you you know he thinks that anytime you can pull the trigger and it fires bang 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 bang, that's uh, in his mind an assault weapon. Well, I think he's trying to paint that narrative uh, that he can do that, and you know, to an there is a reason for the semi-automatic, you know, and it's not it, it's not meant to. You could take any weapon and uh, make it uh, a killer's choice, you know, or or a deranged person's choice. But, you know, you should be able, as a citizen, have the right to have the same kind of protection. Mm. And um, there's nothing wrong with having a handgun that's a semi-automatic. You know, Bill, I was watching watching this documentary, and I couldn't help but think, uh, how how did Israel miss this? How did Israel miss this? Uh, I mean, even the Israelis said in the documentary— that they were comfortable living as close as they were to Gaza because they felt that they had the finest security system in place in the world. I think they did have the finest security system in place in the world. 
Uh, we had intelligence, too. And how did it how, get well, by us? How can we say that they had the finest uh, security system in the world when it fails so so openly? You know, obviously well, the, failed. Did the system fail or somebody purposely failed the system? Well, that's you have to ask that question. You know, when all is said and done, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, who I like, is uh, asked to leave because this happened under his watch. He was mm-hmm. the president, uh, the prime minister of uh, of Israel when this happened, and this happened while he was at uh, at the wheel. There was a lot of preparation for this thing. They got tunnels, they got everything, and they didn't catch on to it with all that, the Iron Dome. Everyone's going, the Iron Dome, Iron Dome didn't work. No, it's not the Iron Dome that didn't work. It's the person running it well, or it, the people running it. The Iron Dome is the protection from missiles. Right. Uh, and, and but why? But who? you got the protection from missiles, but they didn't. You know, but it, why did it not work? They had seismic sensors in the ground, supposedly, along the wall. So they could hear. They should have been able to hear uh, digging, uh, mm-hmm. some drilling, things like that. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't. They have a video of large holes in the wall that were blown out by Hamas. Look, we have satellites that are capable of seeing inside of buildings, you know, detecting through them. Uh, I mean, even old technology we have. You, you can sit on a park bench and read a paper, and it can sit there, and, and you're, you pull out your little change purse and pull out a dime. It can sit there from space, look down, and tell you the date and the mint of yeah. the dime. Yeah. So that's how, that's how sophisticated we are, and right. we've got stuff tracking all over the world. We didn't see them getting ready to our ally that we stand with. We didn't see Hamas getting ready to fire those missiles and know that they were going to fire. Bill, where do you train all those guys to fly paragliders? Well, that's the other thing. You know, you would have seen, uh, you know, all of this amassing. You would have. This is like predicting. You know, you can sit there at the beach and go, "Yeah, I'm going to get a picture of the waves crashing on the rocks." You can see the swell far, you know, far out, and as it builds, as it comes in. Well, the same thing here. You can see the groundswell of activity before the strike. This video, this video of that party, you know, that music party, the peace party, uh, the dancing, and they're having a good time. And in the background, in the sky, way off in the distance, you see the paragliders flying in to Israel. And I, I thought to myself... You would think that Israel would have had uh, Black Hawk helicopters stationed at strategic points along the border and, and be on a, uh, an alert at a moment's notice to take those things out. But you didn't see one Black Hawk helicopter anywhere. Look, you, you got to, you know, you got what happened to us in World War II. You got what happened in 911. You got, uh, this is Israel's 911. It's our 911 because uh, we didn't catch it either. Think and about this, Bill. Somebody said this. You, you make a good point. Somebody said, all right, let's look at history. Civil War. Uh, the North didn't want to get involved with any war until they mm-hmm. attacked Fort Sumter. There was an attack 
a surprise attack on Fort Sumter. Bingo. We were into the Civil War. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't want to get involved with uh, World War One. We didn't get involved with World War One until uh, 1918. The mm-hmm. war was almost over. The war started in 1914. Uh, we didn't get involved with World War Two until Pearl Harbor. There had to be a major surprise event that got us motivated to to go to war. All of the big wars that we've been involved with seem to have happened because some event happened that spurred us on, that got us motivated, got us angry. Mm. Is that what happened in the Middle East? Did somebody in the Middle East say, okay, we need to motivate the Israeli people and get them behind us, uh, militarize them, and the only way we're going to do that and unify them is by having some horrific act? Do you think something like that might have happened? Well, I think that, but I also think, you know, we have an evil uh, plan in this, too, because there's there a lot of bad news for Hunter, a lot of bad news for Biden. Yeah, Trump is a witch hunt. You know that. It's all speared out of hate and fear that he's going to get back into the office. And and they're telling that through the media. The only thing, the only way that you could see uh, a Democratic administration go on right now and continue and even a JFK not have a chance to get in, is if we are at war. You mean RFK? We're at war. Yeah, RFK. Sorry. Yeah, RFK. I always, he's a Kennedy. For Kennedy to get back in, easy easy to say. Kennedy to get into uh, the office Mm -hmm. is to sit there and have a war. And if we do that, then all bets are off. And you know what? I mean, go back to World War II. Um you know, kind of had that 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 happened there. You know, we had a third term. Well, you so, know, uh, Roosevelt he he was never going to leave. He got elected four times. Yeah, he he was he was just elected towards the end of World War uh, uh, Two, and he he died in office. And that's how yeah. Truman got in. Um, I I don't know. I I, I gotta I gotta wonder whether uh, it was. The idea of this war wasn't a planned uh, act. Whether I'm not just talking about with Hamas, whether uh, there were people on both sides who know that knew this was going to happen. I, it's mm-hmm. a terrible thing to imagine. It's a terrible thing to even consider. But it just it just is such a confusing situation. Uh, you would think that Israel would have been on top of this, and they never would have had any chance to uh, to break in from the Gaza, but they did. They did, yeah. and and now they called up three hundred and thirty thousand troops uh, to fend off this, uh, to actually go in to Gaza and uh, take down uh, the Palestinian uh, people there. Now, this morning, there's talk that in Jordan, uh, they're mobilized. The Jordanians have mobilized, and there are uh, troop carriers on the move to yeah. the Israeli border. And yeah. they have video of it on uh, on the internet. You can see it for yourself. So there's movement there. Hezbollah is organizing and uh, coming from Lebanon. So not, it's really not going to be a one-front war. You're going you're gonna to have Israel being attacked from all sides. And you can't help but think that maybe Iran will seize the moment. Uh, and an attack from their side. So this little country the size of New Jersey is about to be 
uh, attacked from all sides by uh, the caliphate, you know? Well, you know, are they going to try to purge them out of existence? Well, what do you think is going to happen with us? Do you think, uh, because we're allies, are we going to let them disappear? Are we, are we going to let Israel just vaporize, or are we going to go in there and stand with them? I think we're going to go in there and stand with them, and I think we're on the verge of World War Three. Well, yeah, this, yeah, it, it is on the verge of World War Three, but I think we're going to have a, a problem because I think, you know, the border crisis, we've noticed this for a while, and we said something is up. Well, this is what's up. And we're going to be fighting our own internal war. You know, we're going to have our own Armageddon yes. or Gaza Strip right here in the United States. Where is it going to break out? Where Where's the hot spot? Probably where you least expect it. It could be Wisconsin. It could be Maine, New Hampshire. It could be California, Oregon, Texas. It could be right or there Or it could be multiple locations at the same time. Well, yeah, and then what would we do? I mean, All, all gonna, of a we, sudden you have a situation where Israel desperately needs our support, and they've attacked us internally in our country. Now we're now we're divided. We have we and by the way, most of our equipment is in the Ukraine. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, you, well, we got the National Guard. Well, you know what? I know the National Guard. I know the guys, you know, at the barracks because you use one of their little places where they do dances and stuff like that. But the point is, you know, they got their armament there. They got a they got a troop carrier there. They got a, a truck. And then they got one tank. Well, what the hell is that going to do? You well, know, nothing. I mean, for what it's meant to do, yeah, it's going to do something. Many times not... in the old days, they used to get the uh, old equipment. They got the used old equipment. I mean, yeah, it's junk. Uh, for example, in the Vietnam War era in the 60s, uh, when they were supplying M16s to the troops, they gave the M14s to the National Guard for a while. They were getting the, the hand-me-downs. Um I don't know. I, I, I think that uh, the, it, things have changed significantly because a lot of our Army Reserve and National Guard units have been the units they've called up to go into Iraq and Afghanistan. So they have better equipment. I'm maybe not the little unit uh, in your neighborhood, but there are some units in Philadelphia and in Pittsburgh and in Boston that are bigger units that have more equipment. And uh, But is it enough? Is it enough, and is it is it capable of doing? Have you ever seen them fire up one of those old tanks that are sitting there? Probably well, not. Well, they have. They have. I've I've seen them. Uh, like I just said, the bigger uh, units in you know the bigger areas, they have newer equipment. So um, because they've they call when they call them up to go fight in Iraq, they bring their own equipment. You know, it's not um, like it's not like they're going overseas with no equipment and then they're being supplied. They have they bring their own tanks, their own trucks. Well, let know. me ask you this question. Yeah, let's go back a few weeks, mm -hmm. months, and even in, in the past couple of years since Biden has been in office, there have been people who are sitting there and they'll they'll show the videos on uh, you know social media, and you'll see a train going. And the oh, train I've seen it. Yeah, carrying. Lots of military hardware. Well, where's that going? Why Why are we carrying all this? Why are we trucking this? Are, have we set up, you know, the infrastructure, the battalions, and the equipment in certain locations because we know where the hotspots are going to break That's out? That's a good point. And th this was all planned to begin with. That's a good point. There's a lot of talk. You probably have read about it, too, 
that we have uh, hidden bases. Some of them are underground where a lot of this equipment is stored and and ready to be used. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things about what's happening in this country that we're not privy to, the average Joe on the street doesn't know about. Well, what I'm saying is terrible because what I'm saying is, are we, did, does somebody in D.C., were they uh, part of a, a plan of an attack on our own nation only for political gain? Well, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think, who knows? That's a good question. I don't think that's the case. I think that they they put storage areas in different locations with equipment uh, in case we're in a situation where we need it to protect ourselves, you know. Uh, yeah, but Biden, if, Biden wouldn't care. You know, Biden doesn't care about people and protecting. Well, I, I think these were set up long before Biden. I think these were well, set up maybe during Trump's era, uh, maybe during and they're Obama. still moving them. Yeah, well, you know, you're saying the good guys are being prepared, and I'm hoping it is the good guys because if it's the foul players that were doing something. But the point is, is that we have shifted stuff. So maybe we know where these hotspots are or have an idea, or at least we have strategic areas where we have stuff all set up in the event of, but what will happen is if, if, um, you know, you have, uh, you have all the attacks going on worldwide and they're going to do them here. Uh, we will go into lockdown and martial law. Virtually immediately, yeah, there will but be curfews. They're going to have their hands full. Um, you know, Yamamoto said during World War II, after we were hit by the Japanese at Pearl Harbor, he said, "I'm afraid we've awakened a sleeping giant." You know, mm-hmm. and, and, which is true, uh, and I think that's the case with us. I mean, he also said, "Behind every blade of grass is an American with a weapon," because we have guns all over the place, and that was World mm-hmm. War II. Yeah. Well, you know what you should do? Stock your pantries with canned goods and, uh, you know, things that you can boil in water and cook that way and, uh, you know, dry food supplies. Just have it. You should have that anyway in case of a natural disaster. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wouldn't hurt if you if you own a weapon. Make sure that uh, your weapon uh, is properly maintained and uh, uh, you don't have blanks sitting around. Yeah. You Also, uh, it's kind of late to say make sure you know how to use it. Be very careful with your weapons. If you got a weapon and put it aside, remind yourself of how dangerous it can be even to you and your loved ones. Yeah, you don't want to have yeah, you don't want to keep the loaded gun sitting in a drawer or something no. like that. And you really want to pull the clip out of it and you know where the gun is and where the clips are. Exactly. Exactly. And also, uh remember there's usually a, a bullet in the chamber too. When you take mm-hmm. the clip out, uh, rack the gun meaning pull the slide back on the gun so it ejects any bullet that may be sitting in the chamber. A lot of people forget that when they drop the uh, clip, it still may be loaded. There still may be one in the chamber. So uh, uh, don't uh, take that for granted. Be very careful. And when you load the weapon, you know, keep it, don't point it at anybody that you're not going to, you don't intend to, you know, shoot at. And uh, uh, be, be aware of the fact that thing can go off. Mm-hmm. Um, it can. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glenn Beck was on with Megyn Kelly uh, recently, a couple of days ago. Right. Uh, not too long after uh, this whole thing started. And uh, Glenn is an articulate guy. I know you work with him. You work with him when he was a disc jockey. A lot of us have disc jockey backgrounds, you know. Um, 
Well, we can talk. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We, but, uh, and you know what? He was, he was, a, like you said, a very articulate person. Yeah. He had a good support uh, crew around him. But, you know, when you do political uh, podcasts, you can have a support crew, but you've got to know what you're talking about yeah. and believe in what you're talking about. So, you know, he's, he's good at what he does. He uh, had a lot to say about uh, what's happening right now. A lot of it, by the way, uh, is in line with what we've been talking about. This is what he said with Megyn Kelly. We are headed for not just a regional war, but I believe we're headed for a global war. You can't have Hezbollah in the north, Hamas on the south, and what will be the IRGC coming in from the Syrian side. Um, it's going to overwhelm um, Israel. And I honestly, it will take a miracle to keep us out of World War Three. I think. However, um, miracles have happened with Israel over and over again. So there's a, a few things I, I've been listening to your monologue and I, I, I want to address. First of all, um, this is a in, in some dark way a blessing if we look at it this way. This is the first time in human history that I know of somebody has said who they are and then proven it. Hitler, when he said, I'm going to kill all the Jews, it was in print, it was everywhere, but nobody wanted to believe him because it was too horrific. He even tried to cover it with a final solution and then cover it at the end. He didn't want to be known as that guy. So we didn't know. This time we know. They say it's not, it is not about a second state. It is about killing the Jews, period. We know what they say. We know what they do. They put it on social media. They wanted the world to see it. So this goes into not only who Hamas is, but who is Iran, who is Hezbollah, who is the RIGC, who is Black Lives Matter? Yeah. Who are the people that are in our own Congress, in our own schools, that are endorsing this or turning a blind eye? This is where the blessing comes in. This, I think, is one of your last chances to actually get off of that death train and step on to a platform of truth. There is good and evil, and it is clear. I don't care. I don't care what um, you know was done to done to let's say us in World War II. If if Americans would have been the ones that were tortured and and killed the way they were in the death camps, I still wouldn't be for going in and shooting German families in their homes and killing their children. That would make us evil. So no matter what's happened to you, it never excuses you killing families and children knowingly. It's not like dropping a bomb and you're, all your guys happen to be hanging out by a school. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I don't like that. Nobody wants that. But that is war. You went in intentionally to kill civilians, to rape women, and to kill babies. That is as evil as it gets, and that evil is the same evil that says, hey, shout your abortion. It is the same evil that says whites are inferior and they need to be taught a lesson. What happened with Hamas is exactly what will happen, and they are for it, as you saw out of Chicago, exactly what will happen if these radical groups like BLM are in charge or allowed to fester and grow. They are a 
death cult. This is all about a death cult. It's interesting to me that if somebody 200 years ago did something like this, which we all now say is horrible, we have to pay for it. But if somebody does something today to Jews, I guess it's okay. So first thing to remember is this can be a blessing to us because we actually can see it. We hear them. We see them. We can recognize evil. Make sure you're on the right side. Mm. The second thing that I think um, comes out of this is an understanding that at least a regional war, I believe this is going to turn into the global war, um, is coming. So you not only have to know who your friends are, know what side you're on, but you also have to now look at the border because we have what probably is in the thousands of enemies of America. You can't tell me that they're not sleeper cells in Judea and Samaria, and you can't tell me that there's not sleeper cells here now in America. When, if we get into a global war, the world and the world as we know it in America is going to change. So the best thing that you can do is know what side you're on. There's no neutral here. There's, if you're neutral, you're gonna end up on the wrong side. You have to look this in the eye. You have to decide who you are today. Then you have to actively get involved by doing good and being a voice of reason, not of chaos, and stand for the things that, honestly, if you just are a political person, just dedicate yourself to doing everything you can to make the people like Rashid Tlaib, make sure they're not elected again. Make sure that they, that you've done everything in your power to make sure that, that this philosophy is flushed down the toilet as it should have been a long time ago. Make sure you're working for a, an election where things will change because what you're seeing now is such an incompetent president. He has screwed this country up so many different ways. We're an unprepared military, gas prices. We go to war, gas prices will easily be $10 a gallon. There'll be shortages of things because he has screwed us um, in the end. Um, but you look at this, we're a nation that is unprepared for war for the first time in my lifetime. We are sitting back the way we were, uh, maybe right before World War One. Let's talk about our weaknesses right now. I mean, we, we are a civilized Western country, right? right? So we allow diversity and all these wonderful things. Is that a weakness for us? I think it is because, uh, let's, for example, the Israeli army, mm -hmm. I was surprised to hear they have uh, Arab units in the Israeli army. Now, you were talking about people earlier who uh, might uh, have a different allegiance than to Israel. You know. I think I did that before we were on here. Yeah, I said yeah. that uh, they could have a different allegiance, and we could have that in the United States because— what I see going on... Well, do you think there's a possibility these Arab units might turn on the Israeli units? Absolutely. Yeah. Because if they have the hardware, then yeah, yeah, yes, sir, I'll take off and I'll fly over the Gaza and I'll blow the hell out of it. And he takes off and does a complete 180 and comes back and takes out, you know, yeah. stuff in it because he's got the firepower. 
we've got a big aircraft carrier unit out there, the biggest one that there is, okay? But let's say that, um, you know, we have a lot of sophisticated hardware, and we have a diverse military. How diverse is it? Well, what's your allegiance anymore? Because a lot of people don't, you know, well, hell, even at football games, we don't, uh, we, a lot of people don't salute the flag anymore. You, you're well, they're calling for I, the decolonization I, of America. Yeah, you don't see that at uh, military academies, though. They salute the flag, or they, or they get, they get uh, penalized. I mean, this there are differences. Yeah, but if you want to infiltrate, you 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 know, when in Rome, do as the Romans. So that's what they're doing. But you know, who is their real allegiance to? I don't know. And you know, now Beck mentioned the one one thing, you know, about them wanting to take out the Jews, and you know, or taking out white people. Well, who, 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 you know, what mole stuck his head out of the ground and said something uh, in the past? Well, oh, Joe Biden. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Yeah, that uh, the uh, white people will be extinct in the very near future. And uh, shortly, we're going to be the minority. Was he telling us well, something? I mean, of- look at how the guy didn't make a comment for at least two days about the war. He he had a barbecue over the weekend when he should have been uh, hunkered down in the Situation Room talking about what's happening in the Middle East. The next day he had a uh, some formal get together at the White House while all of this stuff was happening while Americans were dying in the Middle East and being held hostage. Well, you know hey. this guy he's not taking this seriously. No. And you know what? As far as Hamas goes, maybe there's people out there that are playing them too, letting them have their holy war, you know, and then in the end, you know, we're all going to lose. Only certain people will win. You know, look at the opposition, Bill. The opposition, they are uh, uh, loyal to a fault to their cause. Mm -hmm. Exactly. They, uh, there are no gray areas. Either you are with them or you're the enemy. Uh, and in this country, uh, we, uh, we they know our weaknesses. Just get down to Mexico and you'll be in the country without a problem. When you We're get in the country, yeah, yeah, when you get in the country, don't worry. We'll, you know, meet at, meet at this location. We'll take care of you and you'll uh, meet up with uh, like-minded people. I mean, there are probably right now armed units ready to attack us internally in this country, I would question whether the FBI even even knows about it because they've been spending most of their time going after uh, Catholics who believe in in life, you know, Mm -hmm. as opposed to taking care of us. Well, I mean, you got 3.8 million known illegals in the United States. That's the number, more than the population of 22 states. Let's just say all hell blows up tomorrow, this weekend, tonight, at starting at uh, 5 o'clock or whenever. Yeah. And and it goes on. What's to say, you know, we got 3.8 million here now, and let's just say a million of those are are, are bad hombres, probably more than that. How do we know there's not a force of a million on the other side of the border that's armed, waiting to oh. just rush and crash the border when all hell breaks out here. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, you know that the Border Patrol is overwhelmed as it is. So right. if, if another million w- with weapons decide to come across... Rush the gate. Yep. Uh, that's there's a, nobody there to defend it. That's a very that, good point. That's oh, what I'd be And fa- do the people of. understand how big an army of... Like two million people 
really is. I mean, I don't know whether we have two million people in our standing army right now. We have a million. I think it's a million that we have. And usually, you know, I mean, China and Russia have bigger forces. And, you know, they're, they're quietly staying out of this because, um, yeah, the Russia's got the Ukraine thing, you know. but And China's got to, Taiwan. Trust me. But, when we're, but they when want we're, Taiwan. Well, yeah. When we're busy trying to defend ourselves here, they will then go into Taiwan and nobody will be there to stop them. And nobody will be able to stop Russia from saying, okay, let's just end this Ukraine yep. thing once and for all. You know, who's, um, they try to say that Putin's ill and all of that. But the simple fact is he's got an election coming up in March. He hasn't even officially uh, started to campaign and run yet, but the, the polls are in in Russia. You know yeah. who's winning the uh, election oh, Putin, in Russia? Oh, Putin, hands down. Yeah, yeah. hands down. Yeah. yeah. You know, so he doesn't have to do anything in March. Of 2024, he comes back in, and they say that's when the gloves come off. Well, could come off beforehand. If you got anything from this podcast today, uh, stay alert. We're in deep doo-doo. Yeah, but stay alert. Uh, mm -hmm. It is not happening just in some distant land that you have never been to on the other side of the globe. It may be happening down the street. You know, you've got to be aware that, that there are some nefarious, bad people in this country right now who ha have uh, an objective, and that objective is to see uh, us overthrown. And to do that, they will wreak havoc. And now you may say, oh, you're being melodramatic, you're being overdramatic, whatever you want to say, but they're here. Everybody admits to it. You heard Glenn Beck talk about it. I heard other pundits talk about it. Uh, we have got sleeper cells in this country, and if they all decide to wake up at the same time and raise hell, you better be aware of what's going on around mm -hmm. you. Look around you. If you're in bus stations, look around you. If you're in malls and you see some strange activity, maybe it would be best to get the heck out of there. You know, Don't put yourself in a situation where you may be cornered and, and a target. You know, make sure you have distance and room to get away. If you have weapons in your house, like Bill said, make sure they're clean and they're uh, they're able to be used at a moment's notice because you may need them. Yeah. Get a gun cleaning kit. You know, a lot of people buy guns. They don't have the cleaning kit. Yeah. Order it from Amazon today. I hate to promote them, but get it. It, it should be here, depending where you live. It could be here today. It could be here tomorrow. But either way, clean it. Mm -hmm. And make sure it's clean and safe and oiled and and ready to go. Heck, even Hopefully if you have you never, even if you have a twenty two rifle, that's something. You know, make mm -hmm. sure it's clean. Make sure it's nearby. You know, a twenty two rifle. People say that's for shooting squirrels. That's yeah. So you, instead of shooting one bullet, you shoot two fast. All of a mm -hmm. sudden, it's deadly. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, I I have a friend of mine who said to a guy who has. He has a clip uh, that holds 24 rounds, and, mm -hmm. and he says, yeah, it's a 22, but, you know, you don't have to worry about the first bullet. It's the other 23 that are right behind it, yeah. you know. And, and um, they're coming. Yep, exactly right. Be prepared. Have, like Bill said, some canned goods in your house. Make sure you have water, you mm -hmm. know, because they may – what's the first thing they may do? Shut down the power supplies. Now, they may attack our water supply. 
Well, get a filtration system, you know. You got one of those, you know, where you can pour the water in. It yeah. can take swamp water and turn it into drinking water. Now, I'm not saying you can use that same filtration all the time, but for the immediate, you know, time being, at least you could process it's, What your I water. got is like a, it looks like a, a large industrial strength coffee brewer, yeah. brewing machine. It's It's three gallons. You pour the water in the top. And it literally, gravity takes it through this filtration system. And the water that comes out at the bottom, they say, is like 99 and 4,400% pure. Uh, it's, it's, it's very drinkable. You, like Bill said, you can go down to your local swamp, take a, a pitcher of water, come up and dump it in the top of this filtration system, and it'll give you pure water. I don't know how yeah. I, I don't know how I do it. <laughs> yeah, it's charcoal. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a charcoal filter of some sort. Yeah, because yeah, the old saying is, you know, in a creek, uh, running water purifies every nine feet. I believe is what it was. Mm -hmm. But I, I I'm not going to sit there and trust uh, you know the, your your average everyday creek to go get a drink out of. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We you know what cow walked across upstream. I mean, I'm, I'm worried about people like in New York, Bill. They have a giant reservoir system up north of New York City. It's like mm -hmm. a big pond, you know, lake area, and uh, if they ever poison that water, the whole city of New York will be suffering, you know? I, I mean, this is the kind of stuff you worry about. You know, they, they have, uh, and, and if I think about it, you know they've thought about it, they're going to take down your power grids. You might want to go out and get a generator, too, if you have uh, the resources. Maybe get a small generator so you can Keep at least your refrigerator running, maybe one light. Fortunately, it's uh, still kind of like the summer, so the weather isn't bad in the U.S. But if this happens in January and February, oh, it can be it can be t terrible, you know. Yeah, we got a cold winter coming up. I mean, we've had you know the El Nino thing and stuff like that, and they say it's going to be a doozy. Mm -hmm. You know, and we're and and we've got a yeah. We've got a doozy winter on the way, and we got a doozy world phenomena going here as far as war brewing. It could be really, really tough. Yep. Anyway, friends, um, that's going to do it for today's little program. I hope you uh, paid attention. You might want to replay some of these things uh, because it's a lot to take, take notes, in. Yeah, would you be a question? Uh, will it be a test tomorrow? <laughs> exactly. Our number is 833-538-7868. 833-538-7868. Mail at itsanotherday.com. Mail at jimandbill.com and jimandbill at mail.com. Is there any other way that they can get? Well, I guess you could uh, carry your pigeon. I I think the fleet is out. They haven't come back yet. <laughs> That's it, exactly. Um, I don't really hang around too many pigeons, so I probably would miss those too. I cannot. I'm still. I'm still depressed over the fact that I didn't win the uh, the Powerball. But oh well, it was only it was only a billion seven. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, what, what would you do with one point seven billion dollars? Well, I'll never have to worry about that problem. <laughs> It's like driving the Chevy to the levee, you know? Yeah, I and mean, the, you know, the day that just I like, die is... Just like that uh, song, uh, the levee was dry. Anyway, um, have a great day. Bill, I think you uh, you owe our listeners the traditional farewell, as only you can do it. Me, 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 me. Hasta la vista, baby! Hey, we're out of here. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America.
These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?